Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Paul has been serving God for many years. And what's he saying? Going forward, stretching forward, going for it. I'm trying to say to you this morning, we have to go forward. Because if you think you're stagnant, you're actually falling behind. And the enemy's always looking to grab you. You know, when the children of Israel would travel, do you know what the enemy did? The actual enemies of Israel, they'd look for the stragglers behind and they'd kill them. In the grind of our day-to-day lives, we often forget that there's another aspect to life. We forget that this world system is controlled by one who hates Jesus and all of Jesus' followers, and that he will do whatever he can to stop or stunt our spiritual growth. Pastor Mark will remind us of these facts, and moreover, that Jesus has already won the battle. The Apostle Paul will be giving us information concerning our salvation and standing with God. Pastor Mark will take Paul's information and help us understand how to put the theory into practice into our lives and our hearts. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Philippians chapter 3 with his continuing study called Learning from Our Past, but living life forward. See, the world's values are very different than a Christian's values. And you'll see what that looks like in a moment. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4, and then we'll be back. Mark chapter 4, Matthew, Mark. In your Bibles, you'll see where it is in a moment. Matthew, Mark. Go right there and just go Matthew, Mark. Boom. Mark 4. Mark is a great book. You didn't get that, but that's quite all right. All right, here we go. (laughs) Let me explain what's happening. In this passage, Jesus is teaching. And Jesus' teaching is kind of a picture of farming. He says a man goes out and he plants seed. Well, the seed he's talking about is not corn seed. It's the word of God. And when he plants it, it depends on the soil, the result of the planting. Is it good? Is it great? Is it useless? So here's what Jesus uses when he comes with analogy. This is a whole teaching in itself, like three or four weeks, but I'll give it to you really quick. You that are listening to me this morning, all of our campus, via Sebastian online, you're the soil. I'm planting the word of God. By the way, this is the seed. This is alive. There's never anything wrong with the seed. It's the soil. That determines the growth. So when he plants it, three out of the four, and I'm going to read you the third one, uh, there's not much happening in growth. The last one, it multiplies a hundred times because the person, listen, you, listens (coughs) 
to the word that I'm teaching this morning and you get it. You not only get it, you start walking it out. You leave this morning, not living in the past, but you're going which way? Forward. Into what? More growth. To be more like Jesus. Now the people that don't get it, there's nothing happening. Watch what takes place in this third one. And you see it right there in Mark. Go down to verse 18. Mark 4, verse 18. Still others, like seed, the Bible, sown among thorns, they hear the word. They hear the word. This is very important. This means that it's in a church or they're listening to a Bible study. It is not an unbeliever. This is a believer who's doing exactly what you're doing this morning at all of our campuses. You're hearing the word that I'm teaching. Then watch what happens. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in after you've heard the word and choke the word, making it what? Say it with me. Unfruitful. Living with the world's values, being tied up with the desire for things rather than God, the deceitfulness of wealth, pursuing that, and all the crazy worries with God out of the picture make us unfruitful. Now, that's not the goal. The goal is for you to be listening to the word and then going, okay, Pastor Mark, I get it. And we walk out of here going, okay, God, I'm going forward. I'm not going to live in the past anymore. I'm going forward. I'm going to grow in my walk. I'm not satisfied just sitting here till I get to heaven. Now, Paul writes, and I love this illustration because it's a verse that's so pregnant with application. Here it is. And it's the Phillips translations of Romans 12. Watch what Paul says. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, its own way of thinking. And I'll show you what that is in a moment. But let God remold your what? Where is the battle? It's always what we think. What we think we become. Don't let, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove and practice that the plan of God for you is good. And it meets all the demands and moves toward the goal of what? True maturity. More fruit, much fruit. I'm more like God than I've ever been. Oh, I'm not God. I'll never be that perfect. But I'm moving forward to be more like Jesus. Now, what is that thinking? I'm going to give you four Ps. This is the world's thinking. The world's goal to squeeze us under thinking only about power, me, power, possessions, stuff's going to satisfy, position, look at my title, baby, I'm working for the prez, I'm not interested in the vice president at this place of work, I'm going for the prez, the worries of wealth, the deceitfulness, and pleasure. That's smart. I'm really growing in my walk with God. I get here about it every seven or eight weeks. Where are well, really, I have a boat now, and we go out every weekend. That's our only time to go out. But I do come every few months. Now, if that happens to fit you, you didn't, I don't know your name. God didn't tell me. 
but he's asking you to repent this morning. (laughs) Because you've been squeezed into what? The world's way of thinking. You don't need church. You don't need the Bible. And I'm pursuing pleasure. If I pursue those things, there is no spiritual growth. Now, nothing wrong with those things. Most of us just got back from a vacation. Can I hear an amen? Only four of you went on vacation? Come on, during these last few months? Of course you did. And we had fun, and we enjoyed that, and that's a good thing. But we have to be careful that that doesn't become the normal thing all the time in our lives. Enemy number two is our flesh. Your worst enemy is you. I have more trouble with me than anybody else. So do you. Well, you don't want to admit it because you're prideful. We struggle. When we got saved, our spirit, the real me, was made perfect by God. It's, all sin's gone. The real me is free spiritually. But I'm left with my old sin nature. Here's the way that works. When you accept Christ, and maybe you'll do that this morning. Last week in our services, we had almost 40 people get saved. Fantastic. Good stuff. Now, you walk to a prayer room, and somebody prays with you, and your spirit gets totally saved. All the past is forgiven. Nothing better than that. And you walk out, and you say to the first person, look, I was 40 pounds overweight when I went back. I thought all things became new. I'm the same weight I was when I walked out. And a lady says, my face is filled with wrinkles. And I know my spirit's been changed, but how come my wrinkles are still here? Well, you didn't put enough makeup on this. No, here, here's what happens. You know, the stuff that you buy every two weeks, you buy a new thing. Well, no, we're left with our old flesh. If I was 40 pounds overweight, I'm still 40 pounds overweight. If my face has wrinkles, it still has wrinkles. But my spirit has been totally changed. But that old sin nature, I have to fight. That's a hard thing because we used to live by it. So here's the second thing you want to write. We strain forward against becoming spiritually contented and stagnant. In other words, I'm so glad that God changed me, but I need to grow. And my spirit is fine, but my old flesh is going to be a little lazy. And I have a danger of becoming contented and stagnant. Turn with me to Hebrews 5. I'll go through this very quickly. Paul had to write Hebrews 5. Just turn there in your Bible. You see where it is. Almost to the end of the Bible. Paul had to write to a church. It'd be like me speaking to a church. And he had to say some tough things. He said some tough things of correction to some of the people in the church. I'm going to use these words. Now, when the Bible tells us it's good to encourage people with the word, But the Bible tells us also in Timothy, the word is used for loving correction. So when I speak these words, as always, there's always going to be some loving correction. You know, Pastor Mark, I don't really want to go to a church that gives loving correction. I just want somebody to tell me I'm good. You're going to be able to achieve everything you want. It's all about me. Is this this kind of church? No, it's balanced both ways. So Paul is going to say, by the way, did Jesus ever correct his disciples? How many million times would you say that happened? Remember once he said to Peter, Peter, your words are from Satan. Get behind me. 
So Paul's going to say this. And you see the words. Let me read it and I'll explain it very quickly to you. We start in verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you, and he's talking to Christians, you're slow to learn. Now, if I announce to you next week, my title is Christians are slow to learn. How many of you would be excited coming? By the way, that is not the title for next week. So he says, you're slow to learn. What did he mean by that? Well, watch what he says. In fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You've been taught enough. You need someone to teach you again the elemental truths of God's word over and over. You need milk, not solid food. Now, he's talking about the milk of the word. The basics, when you get saved, that you need to get water baptized and so forth. That's the milk of the word. And then we move on to more meaty things, like I'm talking today, discipleship. So it's a picture of a person that's been a Christian for 10, 12 years. And Paul says, you need another bottle. Can you imagine a 12-year-old and mother gives him another bottle? Something wrong with that picture. And that's what Paul's saying. You haven't grown. You become stagnant. You're just happy you're going to heaven. And watch what he says. Anyone who lives on milk is basically only thinking of themselves. Being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness or right living. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use... Watch this. They've strained. They've stretched. They've trained themselves through the word to distinguish between good and evil. So here's what Paul is saying. And I'll just say it to you in a loving way to a congregation. Are you satisfied with your spiritual growth? Or are you much more comfortable just being stagnant? Saved, satisfied, and stuck because you're going to heaven. That's what Paul's saying. He says, you and I should never be satisfied. The more we learn about Jesus, the more we realize we need to change. How many discovered that's true? Remember how long I've been a Christian. I've been a Christian since I was five years old. This year, I'll be 74. Pastor Mark, you don't need to grow anymore. Oh, you don't know me. My wife does. Of course I have to grow. Paul has been serving God for many years. And what's he saying? Going forward, stretching forward, going for it. I'm trying to say to you this morning, we have to go forward. Because if you think you're stagnant, you're actually falling behind. And the enemy's always looking to grab you. You know, when the children of Israel would travel, do you know what the enemy did? The actual enemies of Israel, they'd look for the stragglers behind and they'd kill them. Don't be a straggler this morning. Don't be satisfied in your walk. Don't be (laughs) drinking the milk. Come on, let's together. Let's go what? Let's go forward. Hallelujah. Because that's when we change our world, not by being stagnant. And that going forward has to do with really one thing. It has to do with the word of God. See, those people had no desire to really study the word of God. We would say it like this today. You're here, and that's why I challenge you this morning 
This is the church that teaches the Bible. You should bring your Bible. And if you forgot it, that's fine. That's why we say to you, just raise your hand, we'll give you one. But if this is the only time you feed yourself by opening the word of God here, you're starving yourself spiritually. You need to have a quiet time, a devotion time during the week. If this gets thrown into the back seat, but next week, get that Bible. Balmers always ask you to get the Bible. Here. Here it is. But that's the only time you look at it. You're starving yourself spiritually. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word. Can I hear it? That comes from the mouth of God. So get yourself a quiet time. Get yourself into the word of God. Now, here's what I want you to write. Knowing and doing the word is essential to spiritual maturity. There's no quick fix. There's no instant maturity. It's a process. It's lifelong. And it requires stretching, work, and obedience. Now, our goal is to challenge people on the outside who are searching and have no meaning to their life. They don't know what to do. I got an email just recently from a medical person that goes to this church. Let me read it to you. Pastor Mark, I've been coming to CCM for many years. I've learned so much, and I wanted you to know what the community is saying about CCM. When I read that, I said, maybe I don't want to know what the community is saying. (laughs) She said, I had a patient that I was treating recently say to me, this is the patient now, I've lived here in Melbourne for three years. You people that wear those bracelets are very different. I'm going, great, here it comes. (laughs) And she says this, it is like you are electric. And you're plugged into something all the time. And I responded, we are plugged into something. But it's really someone. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. This person, it wasn't because of the bracelet. This person looked and said, those people have something. There's a meaning. There's a purpose in their life. And so she invited him to church. You see, we're to be different because God lives in us. We're not better. We're just different. Now, if you think different is weird, please go to another church. We're not weird. We're like Jesus. And Jesus wasn't weird. And here's what she said at the end of her email. Pastor Mark, you are right on. People are watching us. People are watching your life. And we have to be growing. We have to be maturing. And they see that and we see that. So I just want to say thank you. Thousands and thousands and thousands of you are growing in your walk with God. God's word is alive in you. No, you're far from perfect because you're following me as I follow Christ, and I'm so far from perfect. But I'm proud because you're increasing in maturity, and you're making God look good. Can I say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Enemy number three is the devil himself. Satan is the one that tries to keep us always living in the past. Well, I've done so many good things. Pastor Mike, I've served God for so many years. I'm just sitting on the sidelines now, taking my break. Or 
man, I, why did I marry that unbeliever? Why did I be dishonest here and do this and that? Satan always wants you back there because he loves to condemn you. Now, once you've asked God to forgive you, the past, my friend, is in the past. We have to go forward. He loves to tempt us. One of the things Satan loves to do is to cause us to make excuses. All of us make excuses from time to time instead of taking responsibility for our actions. So here's the next thing I want you to write. We strain forward against being irresponsible. We have to strain toward it because Satan will put all kinds of excuses in our mind. Well, Pastor Mark, I can't come to prayer culture tomorrow morning because 6 a.m. is just too early for me. Well, I got tickets to the Super Bowl. What time do I have to leave? Five o'clock. I'll be right there. Now, let me ask you a question and see how you finish the statement. You can lead a horse to water. Come on. But you can't get him to what? You can't get him to drink. Here's the picture. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. The horse is responsible for drinking. You can do all you want to the horse. If the horse don't want to drink, the horse ain't drinking. You can't say, I'll give you a treat if you'll drink. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Now, God can lead you to the water, the growth, but he'll never force you to take a drink. You have to be responsible enough to take a drink. Now, let me show you something in my life, in your life. Paul told us, forget the past in your life. Forget it. Who's responsible for forgetting the past? Who's responsible? Well, my wife's going to help me with that. My girlfriend's going to. No, no, you're responsible. When Paul says this morning, I'm stretching forward. I'm going to grow to be more like Jesus. Who's going to have to stretch? You're going to have to stretch. I'm going to have to stretch. Somebody else can't stretch for you. But if Mr. Meyer hired somebody to stretch for me. Well, you got too much money. Of course not. Of course not. So understand this. We want to pass the buck. Or we want to make excuses. The opposite of responsible is irresponsible. Here's what I want you to see. Look at this. Irresponsible people make excuses and blame others for not being responsible. Is that you this morning? Now, interesting enough, if you're irresponsible at work, what happens to you? You get fired. Well, I don't really need to get there on time. And you use that excuse over and over again. Eventually, you didn't. Well, I, I mean, come on, boss. I, you, you, what a crazy deadline you gave me. I can't finish that thing. Well, you'll finish it somewhere else. But spiritually, we sometimes are irresponsible. We work at our play. We play at our worship. And we worship our work. It's a good thing to know that the ultimate battle between good and evil has already been fought and won by the good guy. This sometimes can be forgotten as we struggle with all the stuff we deal with daily. Pastor Mark has been encouraging us to remember what Jesus has already done on the cross and to think deeply about how that can impact our lives. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, 
Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. The teaching next time will conclude the series Learning from Our Past but Living Life Forward. Pastor Mark will remind us of what Jesus' death on the cross really means for us on a practical level. We will learn how everyone, not just missionaries and pastors, have a call from God on their lives and what God expects from us in the pursuit of our calling. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Learning from Our Past, but Living Life Forward. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.